0: Hi, I'm Jim Calloway. And I'm Sharon Nelson. This is edition number 66 of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. Today,
1: our topic is the implications of big data for all lawyers. Our guest today is Jobst Elster, the head of content for InsideLegal.com. He brings extensive experience in market analysis, market research, public relations, and product marketing to the legal industry. His clear view of legal trending market development, and market perception uniquely positions him to advise companies, legal associations, and law firms as they align their business strategies to reflect market realities. He has served as legal market strategist for the last 14 years, advising companies entering the legal market, involved in mergers and acquisitions, and expanding operations overseas. Jobst, it's a pleasure to have you with us.
2: It's great to be here with you today.
0: Why don't we first demystify big data for our listeners? Because I don't think they know what it is for the most part. So can you give us a definition, please?
2: Absolutely. In in looking at sort of big data over the past couple of years, especially in the legal vertical, I have found that defining big data is really a matter of perspective and who you ask. So technologists have a bite's and bits definition. Marketing may look at it from a customer profiling and segmentation standpoint, and governance in IT might from big data in a security setting. According to a generally accepted Wikipedia definition, big data is a collection of data sets so large and complex that it becomes difficult to process using standard database and data processing applications. Big data typically includes structured data and unstructured data, ranging from email text to video and audio files, basically anything that does not fit in typical databases. In addition, there is the distinction between the current data we have, and dark data, which is basically the stuff you just keep around just in case but really don't know where to put it or whether to get rid of it or to archive it. The challenges of managing data include capture, curation, storage, search, sharing, analysis, and visualization.
0: I know everybody has their favorite statistics about big data. What are some of yours?
2: Uh, good question. Let's, you know, let's put big data volumes into perspective with some numbers to really give the listeners an idea of what we're dealing with and why it is considered big. Uh, 30 billion pieces of content were added to Facebook past month by 600 million plus users. Zynga, which is an online gaming hub, processes one petabyte of content, which is roughly equal to 220 million iTunes song downloads for players every single day. More than two billion videos were watched on YouTube yesterday. The average teenager sends 4,762 text messages per month. Two billion searches were performed last month on Twitter alone. And by 2015, experts anticipate nearly three billion people being online. And lastly, research analyst firm Gartner noted that big data projects were estimated to have driven $28 billion worth of IT spending last year, a number which will grow to $34 billion by the end of 2013.
0: So how do you answer when people ask, who does big data affect now and who will affect in the future?
2: In terms of of who affects now, really everybody, most of us just don't know. That it affects us, or we're not really paying attention. So if you think about it, every time we volunteer our phone number or the simple zip code at Best Buy, we are feeding the big data monster. Years ago, the idea of getting a happy birthday card from a retailer may have been a novel one and something we would look forward to. But today you're being told which books you like, what music you should listen to and what pants go well with the shirt that you already bought (laughs) from a given online store, so. Big data is absolutely something that's affecting all of us. In fact, a recent survey revealed that two-thirds of North American businesses see big data becoming a concern within the next five years. In terms of my opinion, you know, I also think that the Facebook IPO some time back really brought big data mining to the forefront when Wall Street looked to provide value to the consumer data that Facebook owned. And in terms of who it will affect in the future, again, I think it will continue to affect all of us, but on a truly unprecedented scale and level. With that said, we can just be reactive about it and sort of approach it from a wait and see sort of standpoint, or we can proactively strategize to embrace it.
1: Yep, so that reminds me of on a smaller level of the uh, family who learned their teenage daughter was expecting by the uh, junk mail she started to receive. So uh, who should be really concerned or excited about this impact of big data?
2: I think instead of looking at it from a standpoint of concern, I would really replace that with awareness. I think we're still, especially in legal, we're still at a point where being aware of it and educating ourselves about what it is and what we can do with it and what we can't do with it or should do with it is really more paramount than sort of being afraid of it. So I think it's really about having knowledge about it and being educated about it, as opposed to being afraid of it. Uh, Really, I think everyone can be excited about it because there's a lot of information that different folks can glean from it.
0: So what has been the evolution of big data in the legal sector?
2: You know, it's interesting because just recently it's become sort of a buzzword that at every conference you're seeing, and there's a lot of sessions that are being devoted to it. But really, big data has been... Prevalent and around in legal for probably the past 20 or 25 years. It really started with financial billing data and using tools and technologies to make sense of this information, really in an effort for law firms in particular to speed up invoicing and to speed up their cash flow. Next was were technologies that had data warehousing functionality, and these were sort of developed to store electronic files and data. Email and email archiving and searchable archives came next. Roughly in 2006 or so, with a lot of the federal rules being changed and the advent of electronically stored information, uh, big data became relevant as it related to electronic discovery. Two, three years ago, cloud technologies really took off and cloud solutions and leveraging cheaper storage alternatives through the cloud became relevant. And that's absolutely a big data theme. And then lastly, something that's now becoming very popular again is data mining, analytics, and and business intelligence tools and using these technologies to slice and dice data at will.
1: That's a very interesting set of examples. Do you have other real world examples of big data use in legal and law firms?
2: Absolutely. Um, And I I thought what would be useful to the audience is for us to focus on five of these. So the, the, the first one is if you look at corporate law departments, corporate law departments today can analyze large amounts of data from invoices that they get to determine which factors most influence rates and based on that, negotiate better deals based on that data in terms of working with their outside counsel on different billing rates. So there's currently an app called rate driver which is in the iTunes store which crunches data from thousands of law firm invoices and comes up with a billing rate based on area firm location and different criteria that are related and this is all possible because it's all based on a lot of information that's being crunched Law firms can analyze their profitability using business intelligence tools so they can identify which clients are worth keeping which ones are not. They rainmakers and see how successful they are at rainmaking and this is all due to the business intelligence and analytics tools they have. On the e-discovery front, a big buzzword that surfaced a few years ago is predictive coding. So predictive coding in e-discovery helps find key documents quickly and it's really revolutionizing how early case assessment and document review are done. And again, that's a that's a a big data function but I, I would like to warn here that a lot of people think of when they think of big think of big data it's just e discovery and as we're discovering here and as we'll be talking about today there's a lot more to it it's just one aspect moving on lawyers can use big data analytics to add transparency their marketing efforts and they can also use this data when it comes to winning cases so this is something picture it working much like an roi return on investment calculator that shows you when one might recoup a technology investment so such a such a calculation should show consumers the likelihood of winning a case and the true cost all based on a lot of information that's put into the system beforehand On the flip side, lawyers can use big data case analysis to determine the odds of winning a case before they even take it, and also use this information to set their pricing structure and their fees.
0: What about small firms? What can they learn from big data?
2: I I think, you know, a lot of the examples that we cited, there are, uh, we are seeing small firms embrace some of these, but I think specifically, it's where there might be barriers in terms of the sophisticated technology tools that they might not be able to afford or not might not be able to use based on limited resources there are a lot of opportunities that really give them give them the chance to differentiate from other small firms and solos and even from their big firm counterparts so that really starts again with them educating themselves uh, through the various resources available on what big data is. And it really, I think also gives them the opportunity to increase communication with their clients who are probably dealing with the big data challenge themselves and working with them collectively on helping them sort of solve that challenge, be it from an ethics standpoint or from a, from a data security standpoint. I think it's really for the, for the small firms, it's not as much about big data, as it is about big ideas, and really um, finding out how you can use that available data to help your clients and to really differentiate yourself.
1: Who is or should be driving the big data bus?
2: Again, again, I think this is one. This is a matter of perspective. So, depending on your place in the in in the organization, be it a corporation or a law firm, there are multiple big data stakeholders these include IT information governance information security and marketing they all have an eye on the driver's seat there's a a recent Gartner statistic that states that by the year 2015 marketing will have a larger technology budget for big data than IT will so you can you can bet that marketing is definitely um, an, a group or an area that's looking at sort of driving driving demand. Again, I, I think it, to a degree, depends on what situation you're in as a company. I know that information governance is p- plays a large role. And so in many instances, information governance at this point is sort of driving the process, uh, led by um, typically a chief information security officer.
0: Well, I know you refer to the big data bus, and apparently our big data bus is in a race because one of the things you talk about is the role that legal associations can play in the big data race. So what what role would that be?
2: So there are many different legal associations that sort of make up the the legal community landscape, and they all have very distinct roles. And it's no different, really, in sort of this this big data challenge. So the 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 ABA, the American Bar Association has provided some guidance and is doing more so along the lines of ethics and ethic related implications when it comes to big data. The law practice management section of the ABA is lending advice and working with its members on what is the practical relevance of big data. So, there are shows coming up that are dedicating some content to that. That would involve, you know, what technologies should you be looking at when you're, you know, when you're wanting to tackle big data. The records management association, ARMA, they are very integral. And trend-setting as it relates to big data governance, they've established a framework. They've done quite a bit of thought leadership around big data. They they contribute a lot of content at various trade shows, and uh, this is also the case around big data and how it relates to records management. The International Legal Technology Association, we'll refer to it as ILTA. They are very much focused on the technology side. Of- things, as well as the compliance side. And as it relates to the compliance side, they're uh, launching a new initiative called Legal SEC, which is kicking off in June, which is basically vendors and law firms coming together to figure out how they can collaborate to solve some of these governance related big data issues. And lastly, the Legal Marketing Association, the LMA, is very keen on the marketing and business development aspects of big data and also the analysis and the consumerization aspects of big data.
1: What is the vendor role as it relates to big data?
2: Uh, vendors uh, I feel play a very integral role to, to big data and this has typically been the case as it relates to new technologies and new services being introduced to the legal marketplace. So. Our experience has been, and and our most recent experience was uh, a, a conversations we had with many legal vendors at Legal Tech New York, which was in January of this year. And honestly, our our sort of takeaway was that there's still a lot of internal education and learning that needs to happen for vendors to be able to clearly articulate how they fit into the big data puzzle. So they really need to step up and sort of take a more aggressive and leadership role, especially as it relates to guiding their clients, the law firms and the corporate legal departments when they're looking at big data decisions. So when looking for vendors for guidance, I would probably start with the service providers and software companies that specialize in storage, collaboration technologies, cloud services, web-based practice management vendors and any technology companies that are introducing analytics and business intelligence tools to the marketplace.
0: Well, since we're still in a fairly fragile economy, what kind of emerging roles and jobs are you seeing in legal big data?
2: You know, this is really an aspect that's, that's I think, really exciting because there truly seem to be new roles, new new sort of slants, even on traditional roles emerging as big data becomes something that we all are challenged with. So I've mentioned marketing throughout our conversation and marketing, the marketing roles are becoming more relevant and integral, especially as I mentioned, their, their budgets and their core responsibilities are becoming more pronounced. So... Chief marketing officers are really sort of taking on a whole new challenge. Vendors that we talked to in New York, for example, are hiring data scientists from other verticals, some of them with military backgrounds to help them build smarter technology and properly analyze the data. And law firms are hiring chief information security officers to lead big data compliance efforts.
1: Well, how does somebody start, what's the big data roadmap?
2: I think the starting point is really the question of what. What do you want to do? What is the scope? And the recommendation there is to start small and to start in a very sort of defined, processed manner. Because you know, at this point in time, except for a few exceptions, The problem is not the amount of data. The problem is what portions of the data do you focus on and how do you extract the relevant information and how do you actually make recommendations and decisions based on the information that you get? So I think the the, the question is really one of scope. And there, uh, you know, an example would be or a recommendation would be, you know, pick a specific project, such as providing your clients more transparency into billing rates, for example, or revamping your website content to more reflect the needs of your site visitors. You can do that with logs to see what website pages people are clicking on. Again, this is all based on big data information and do that in a very well-defined manner with a project that has a very uh, again, well-defined timeline and approach it that way versus looking at it something that's just something you can't afford and you can't do because you're looking at corporate examples. That's mostly what we have at this point. And that's, I think, where a lot of the fear is stemming from as well.
0: I think a lot of folks are interested, too, in how social media proliferation will impact big data. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I, I sort of am reminded of the some of the statistics we mentioned earlier, uh, earlier about how many bits of information are being passed through Facebook and Twitter and Amazon and all these sort of consumer sites and our different, um, even LinkedIn, our different collaboration means. And especially as it becomes more common and even expected to sort of share our social media presence with our clients, and that becomes more seamless. I think it's literally just, again, a matter of of, there's no way that you can control all of it. So you have to determine what of this information do you really want to focus on. And I think what happens is that a lot of companies get caught up with the velocity of the data that is coming in. There's so much information that's flying at you. There's no way that you can tackle all that. So again, you need to very carefully define what it is that you're, that you're, looking for or specifically what it is that you're wanting to do in terms of how to leverage big data. So in terms of the social media proliferation, I really don't see that stopping. I think it's a matter of figuring out what aspect of that do you really care about. If you use Twitter as a competitive intelligence and a competitive analysis tool, then maybe that's where you should focus as opposed to also including Facebook and maybe LinkedIn.
1: Where can our listeners go for more related resources on this topic?
2: It's interesting there. At this point, there's not really one central big data information resource, but there are several, especially several legal specific sites that are increasingly covering the topic. And like I mentioned at Legal Tech New York this year, it was the number one topic in terms of sessions and and buzz. And I think that's going to continue at least through the next year or so. So some some good resources include law.com, Legal IT Professionals, Information Week has a lot of great articles on big data, Uh, especially interesting because it's not necessarily legal specific, but it is technology focused. Our site, Inside Legal, we're doing a lot um, in terms of focusing on on big data. ILTA has a lot of resources that are big data focused. Legal IT Insider is a global website and presence that sort of gives you a global slant. And then ARMA is also a great resource. Like I mentioned, they have a couple of schematics and and some frameworks that they've developed that that definitely would be hand uh, helpful. And then uh, we will put together a couple more links and resources that we'll be able to uh, have made available when the podcast airs.
1: Great. We'll have those in the show notes. I, I have to confess, I've thought more about big data in terms of personal privacy and all the information that corporate America has on me and my buying habits and whatever. So I appreciate this insight into how it actually affects lawyers and law firms. So thanks for joining us. Yopst.
2: Absolutely. My pleasure. And
0: that's all, folks, for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy.